It's me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food plant based food, non plant based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories. Because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan. So if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm joined by the incredible Simona, the founder of Nojo Sources. The reason why Simona is so incredible is she is running the whole of Nojo by herself. Nojo has been running since 2016 and is now in Ocado, Whole Foods, Bailey and Sage and a lot of others. So to do all of this and bring up a child at the same time is pretty incredible to me. This episode really hammers home the pressure that brands are under in order to be sustainable, plastic free, organic and recyclable. But all of this comes at a price which consumers aren't always willing to pay. Simona tells us her experience with this, as well as some other amazing stories about how Nojo came about. So without further ado, let's go and meet Simona. I'm sat here with Simona from Nojo Sources, and I'm so excited. I'm actually a really big fan of your sources. The first time I bought one was in Bailey and Sage, and I was like, this is such a treat, and it elevated every single dish, which we'll get onto in more detail. But how are you today? Thank you very much for having me. I'm a big fan of your podcast and I listen to it every time I take my son from school. So oh. your voice calms me down somehow. Amazing. <laughs> I'm going to go to in hear. a trance, you know. I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> good to hear. Yeah, so, I'm well and happy to be good. here. Oh, we're happy to have you. So to start off with, could you give us a 30 second elevator pitch just to briefly summarize kind of who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, There's so many ways to put no joke, but I think the best one in 30 seconds, which is a short time, would be that Noja is an independent female-owned brand. That's something I feel strongly about. And we have award-winning sources that will magically transform any dish in in a matter of seconds. It's very true. It does. It really does transform every dish. So um, traditionally on this podcast, we have some quick fire questions. So I'm going to start off with those. So sweet or savory? Savory. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Salad. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Cook in or eat out? Cook in. Rice or noodles? Noodles. And what is your favorite delivery? Oh, that's hard. I actually stopped for, <gasps> yeah. Really? It's that's good. Challenge and I haven't, I think I've overdone it during pandemic. And then I did like 30 days of not doing any. I, I had like severe withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> and then, and then now I just, it's like non-existent in my world so wow yeah. that's amazing I think 
I'm not too bad. I really enjoy cooking, so I just never think about it. But for me, it would be like a treat. Like if I'm in on a Saturday, I would like, oh, I fancy a delivery. Um, but what was your favorite when you had a stage of like having it quite a lot? Um, any Indian or pizza, I usually go bad on Deliveroo, so. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Those are good ones. Okay, so I'd love to start from the beginning and just to hear a bit about life before Nojo for you. Like, what was your background before you started Nojo? Sure, it's an excellent question. So I went to London School of Economics and I did management in, as my degree. I got accepted in Bank of America, Merrill Lynch quite early while I was at university. So I did all summers with them. And then I had a part-time role during my university. And then I was offered a full-time job at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. And I was about to start, but then I also found out that I was pregnant, which I don't tell to so many people. Um, And yeah, and that just made me think that I never wanted that job it was always more like for experience for money I always knew this is something I will be doing temporarily to just grow up as a person it's a great job to have but it was never mine like never my dream so I thought now that I will be a mom I don't want to be a role model who doesn't pursue her dreams so that was very important for me Mm. And yeah, my dream was food. So I started Nojo. That's before the sort of the before Nojo story. That is amazing. I mean, it's weird how life kind of has a way of making you realize and what you should be doing and like putting you on the right path. Yeah, I was originally going to do all the same just like 10 years later. Um, But I had to speed forward to my ideal plan. Oh my gosh, amazing. And what incredible experience having all that economic background anyway. Like that, I'm sure that really helped in so many ways with, with your, yeah, working at Nojo. For sure, yes. It's very helpful. So, okay. So you then were like, okay, I'm going to go into food. So why yes. why the sources? What was like the moment? What, what, what yes, happened? that was not actually the moment. So being so young and not having a lot of budget, the first stop was Old Street. So in 2016, we did a pop-up in Old Street Station and we had a little cafe and we were selling like takeaway, healthy foods, healthy crabs with different fillings. From there, we got invited to cater Google, Twitter, proper corn, big offices. From there, we got invited to get a permanent stall in Camden Market. And that was going all the way until 2019. And then in 2019, so many people, it's pre-pandemic times, feels like such a long time ago. A lot of people were like, what is the source? To the point where on Sundays, um, people from Hampstead and Primrose Hill would come with a little jar and be like, can I have some with me? So I do that at home. And then I went to one of the events, I think Enterprise or something like that. And there was a buyer and he said, oh, I tried your products in Camden. They're amazing. You should turn it into a product. And I was like, I should. Obviously not thinking much about margins or how difficult this marketplace is, but I did it. So Oh my gosh, wow. So... When you say 
we, who are you doing this with? Yeah, everyone asks this question. I It's just me in the business um, development as such. But I say we because there are so many people involved. I mean, the buyers, the customers, the website developers, they might not be in-house, but I would not be doing it if I didn't have all these extended supports outsourced or just from friends and family or even you know my mom watching my son while I work yeah. away so it's yeah takes absolutely a I also say we and it's just me but I'm in the same position like my mom probably picks the phone up five to six times a day of me asking her questions which she probably doesn't even know the answer to but me explaining the question helps me answer it. So <laughs> she picks up the phone anyway. So yeah, it's definitely a we when we're explaining it for sure. So going back a bit, so you were just selling healthy food, making it, selling it kind of like in the marketplace. And you thought that was kind of where you're going to go, maybe just do a cafe or some catering. And then from there, the sources were such a hit that then that was where Nojo started. Yeah, especially now we see this um, industry developing a bit more. If you think 2016, gluten-free plant-based sauce uh, was non-existent. So I think my customer who who came for healthy foods, they they were really into it. Like they really enjoyed that this product was there available for them to slice up their you know sweet potato veggies or just um, pour some noodles, throw some noodles on a pan with leftover steel fried pack they bought yesterday and elevate that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is a genius idea. So the Nojo name, where does that come from? It's a funny story. Um, the, 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 I, I chose that name because it means farm in Japanese. And I really like all that farm approach and simplicity and just stripping back of all that unnecessary that we have today in our urban life um yeah the reason why i said it's a funny story which you will probably cut out after is that because i have a boyfriend now whose native language is portuguese and later we found out that it means disgusting in portuguese no way (laughs) yeah Oh because Portuguese came to Japan and they didn't like the way they farmed and they called it disgusting. And actually, this word came from Portuguese to Japan. And then from Japanese, I took it, obviously, as a brand name. So oh it was a hard job explaining to him why I named my company that makes food. <laughs> no joke. That <laughs> is so funny. That's so funny. So yeah. do you have um, connections to Japan? Is that why that you chose that? I just think that they do an incredible job at taking care of their body and of just the way they live sustainably without putting labels on it. Mm -hmm. So it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. It's almost effortless. And I take a lot of inspiration from that. Yeah, that's so true. That is so, so true. They have a very healthy, healthy lifestyle, healthy diet. And you're right. It does seem really effortless. It's such a good name. It's catchy, it's short, it's snappy, but it's a shame that it means disgusting in Portuguese. <laughs> but I mean, no one would know that in England, so so that's fine. Maybe let's not tell them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's definitely not disgusting. It could not be more opposite. <laughs> so 
you mentioned obviously you launched in 2016 we're now in 2022 so from between these times it's been a lot has happened so do you want to kind of just highlight how some of the challenges that you've had during this time uh, and how it's kind of been for you so far in your in your journey I think it really changed me as a person. So being a founder of your own business is a very different game to anything I've done ever before, as I'm sure you know. Uh, like you said, you need to find answers to questions that you've never, ever even asked, been asked before, even thought before. And sometimes you need to find answers very quickly, Um which I think is an incredible skill that I gained. And I'm not as anxious and afraid of those questions as I used to be in the beginning. So now I just know they're coming and it's part of the journey. The most challenging part was, I think, the first months of the pandemic when I was just closing the cafe and understanding you know, the landscape but at the same time being trapped in a tiny apartment um, in North London with my son and doing all the roles of being a teacher, a cook, you know, you name it. I mean, we all took roles that we never had to take on previously. And at the same time, Nojo was growing quite fast because all restaurants closed and all of a sudden rapid deliveries came on and we had so many new clients to onboard while teaching my son, while cooking, cleaning and ironing, you know, it's yeah. just been a lot to take on. Yeah, no, you're you're so right. I can only imagine that is a lot to take on. And I think just being a founder, you wear so many hats, even if they're not the hats that you're particularly good at, you have to take them on. And yeah, that is definitely, definitely a challenge as well. So with Nojo, I feel like, am I right in saying one of your kind of missions and values is the quality of the ingredients? So can you talk a little bit about what goes into your products and like why that's so important to you as sure, well? I think, sorry. sorry, as yeah. well as talking about the flavors, because I'd love you to share with all the audience the flavors that you have as well. Fantastic questions. So we have six flavors. I'll start with the flavors. First is teriyaki, second is sesame, third is white miso, and then we have, we call them the traditional range. They are the original three that we have launched. Then last year we launched three more that we call the playful range, which is orange poke, yuzu salad, and tahini noodle. And we want people to encourage to get more playful in the kitchen with these three. I mean, they go with anything really, despite the names, and they will just just have fun with it like we won't tell you what to do with them um you're right about the quality i think i mean we go through extremely rigorous process in terms of what we put inside each of them but more i think quality for me is like a, a must for all so i think even more important that that or emphasis we put on sustainability so we have got a B Corp certification this year. Wow. Um, yes, and a big part of it was, you know, um, checking whole supply chain, making sure that soy is not just um, not doesn't have any, you know, genetically modified soy crops 
but also which organic doesn't necessarily mean it's a bit complicated but ours is also not coming from deforested locations because a lot of soy is just planted on like burned out amazon or other jungles and this is really bad i mean can't even stress how horrible that is and um we make sure none of our crops come from deforested locations. And I think this is by far more important, especially as the brand grows, because you can imagine big soy producers, I mean, they damage a lot of forests by buying soy from these places. So sustainability, like no plastic. Um, We don't have plastic on the bottle, but we also don't, put plastic on our pellets. Our pellets are wrapped with a biodegradable plastic, which is again, something a lot of brands don't talk about because they think as long as our bottle is glass, the rest doesn't matter. It can arrive in a tray full of plastic. So we really eliminated all plastic across the whole supply chain. That is a massive achievement. I mean, I think we have to kind of know how much effort goes into these things because it's not easy to ensure and also it's not cheap to do at the moment it's not very no like it's very easy to be like okay we're going to be a sustainable company create top quality ingredient sources and we're going to be completely plastic free that all sounds great and like obvious to some people but actually looking into that in detail and like going through and making sure actually going through the process it's so expensive doing that and it's so it's, it's harder work doing that and ensuring but obviously it's it's for the better but I think it needs to be highlighted how tough and that's an extra kind of stress on you to make sure because it's a lot easier to be like plastic that will cut costs down you know glass bottles I mean yeah you really and your labels as well I love your labels they're quite they've got grainy they're made from recycled paper yeah amazing yeah so good but like so much thought goes into like every single detail so I think um yeah that definitely has to be highlighted it's such an achievement thank you so I want to kind of talk about I mean you mentioned that quality is a must and it should it should be there anyway and I agree but I want to talk about kind of quality versus quantity because what I kind of notice is when you you know you're you're doing this yourself you've got an incredible business and you're kind of thinking through every single detail but when volume increases is it hard to keep everything like that kind of bespoke and that perfect like I I feel like even when you go into supermarkets and you look around the shelves you see a lot of plastic you see a lot of bad ingredients and I feel like as volume grows people just try and cut corners to save to save money is this something that you're like aware of in terms of with quantity growing and quality maintaining the quality? I think for me, I always envisioned because maybe of my um, immaturity or wishful thinking, I always envisioned it to be a big brand. I always thought it would still like end up in Planet Organic or Waitrose the minute I launched it, because these were the shops I, I I thought the product was suitable for. It's not yet launched there. But the way I build my business model is that with scale, because I was always like aiming for these numbers, with scale, the product will actually get more affordable. 
So right now, because the volumes are not in millions yet, buying biodegradable shrink wrap or buying, we have biodegradable pods. Our biodegradable pods are meant to be made like at 100,000 a run and we make 10,000. So you can imagine we are making a huge loss on them or at least not making any money just to make sure they are biodegradable. Yes, that's so true, actually. That is very, very true. I think um, you're right with scale comes lower in cost. So so that that is good. It's, But I think your product is so... I love where it's stocked. Like it's stocked in Bailey and Sage. And where else is it stocked? It's stocked in Whole Foods Market. It's stocked in um, Revital. It's stocked in Market of Dreams, Selfridges, Harrods, Harvey Nichols. Amazon. We are actually Amazon's choice teriyaki sauce. Um, oh, incredible. That's amazing. Thank you. And would you say the teriyaki Ocado. sauce is a bestseller? Oh, avocado. Yeah, that's a good one. Would you say the teriyaki sauce is a bestseller? You know, uh, of course, teriyaki is number one. I think people are familiar with it. We have the highest rated teriyaki sauce on Ocado, which is still a surprise for me because they have something like 50 different teriyaki sauces. And I'm like, that's great that people still prefer ours. And it has a 93% recommendation rate. But at the same time, I wouldn't say that others are far behind. So sesame is an incredibly versatile sauce and our white miso received two great taste award stars. Amazing. That's the one I bought. That's the one I bought. Um, that's my favorite. I think because white miso, it's such a luxury taste. It tastes so luxury. So to be able just to elevate your vegetables with that, especially like on like an aubergine, you kind of get that miso. Exactly. Aubergine. It's, it's so the good. nobu. It's the nobu at home experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So with all of this quality and glass and plastic free and sustainability obviously comes price. So I want to talk a little bit about price and the cost of all that goes into it and how that affects your product and how then customers react to the price. Yeah, this is the hardest part. So at the moment, it retails, depending on a place, around five pounds. And with the crisis that we have experienced now with Ukraine, the prices are rallying and the margins are close to non-existent and we are really trying to keep the price at least at five pounds and not increase it beyond that however already at this price people are hesitant first of all i think they see the bottle as a small one i don't know if you agree with that no you don't need to no no i think it was perfect yeah it's I think it's perfect because you still get like eight to 10 portions in it. You don't need a lot of it. It's, it's really f- strong flavor. And as, as I explained on the podcast, which you cannot explain on such a small, I mean, small label, you cannot put the whole story of the supply chain, but there is a lot of work and a lot of expensive ingredients that go into it as well as labor, like we don't pay minimum wage to anyone. We make sure we pay living wage and above. We treat our suppliers well. We use also more sustainable delivery. 
where we can, which has, you know, either electric vehicles or we will combine deliveries with other companies to, to prevent our, you know, CO2 footprint and so on. All of these small steps end up in quite a significant cost. Yeah, so true. I think this is such a good like reveal of like the behind the scenes of what everyone now wants brands to be. All of this, like all singing, dancing, like pays everyone fairly, top ingredients, plastic free, amazing taste, amazing branding, you know, all of these things which we all are wanting from brands nowadays and which brands should be doing, but it comes at a price. And then when customers see the price, they get put off paying it. And it's such a difficult situation. So I think it's really good to highlight, you know, that we can't be superhumans and super brands. Like, you know, it all comes at um, a price. So yeah, that can I can imagine that's quite a struggle at times. But also I feel like the sources are, you know, it's a it's not a treat because you can use it on everything, but it really is like the tastes are so strong. Like you mentioned, you don't need loads. You don't need those. And if you eat plant-based, you will save a lot of money anyway, if you usually buy fish or meat. And if you just um, cook maybe bigger portions and eat it one or two days, that's what I do at home. And it will taste, I mean, absolutely a restaurant experience at home. So if you compare going out or eating at home, it would definitely be cheaper. And we did a lot of recipes with Bold Bean, I know she's been on this show so just like buy a can of amazing beans you know mix it up with teriyaki add any stir fry one pound pack or salad ready salad pack and you have a gorgeous you know delicious meal that will keep you energized healthy it's good for the planet and you're supporting small brands i mean this meal is so much more than i don't know buying a sandwich in Oh my God, a hundred percent. So true. I mean, if you have an aubergine and you put, well, I did the white miso. Oh my God. Like you're, like you said, you're having the Nobu experience without paying Nobu prices. But obviously when you're doing your food shop and you come across a bottle and you're like, oh, I have that and check the price. You're like, oh, but actually if you break it down, it's really, really good value. Really good value. So I want to talk a bit about plant-based. So are you plant-based yourself or or are you kind of flexitarian or how's it we are plant-based at home always Mm -hmm. Um, that's just like a non-negotiable and my son is plant-based in school however my grandma still I think got not very well but still like if she will make something whatever it is I'm not gonna like be like no then I'm vegan (laughs) like yeah of course uh, it's hard So I think I wouldn't label myself like that because I have friends who will like never, if if there's a cake and it has an egg, even if it's like, they will just not eat it. I'm quite flexible at birthday parties. Like I will let my son have a cake and whatever. Actually, I will let him eat whatever he wants at the birthday party. But our normal routine, our normal lifestyle, our normal choices when we are eating out would be plant-based. Again, if we're like on vacation and I don't know, somebody is serving a fresh fish, which was sustainably caught, you know, a happy fish with a happy life, I will probably eat it. Um, I don't eat meat. So I, but if I no, I just don't, I, that's not something I want to, but I wouldn't label myself as like super vegan. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good place to be. I mean, I, I'm very similar to you. Like, I am vegan and I am um, 100% plant-based. However, um, like you said, if I'm away and it's a fresh fish, which is locally caught and, like, not farmed and it... I'm so fussy when I do go away. I'm always like asking the chef, like, is it fresh? How fresh? <laughs> but um, yeah, I will eat it then. But it's very interesting that you brought uh, your son up on a plant-based diet. And how was that? Like, how has he been on it? And was that a very easy decision for you? Or was that like a hard decision? I think if you eat at home plant-based, it's so easy for them. They just don't recognize a lot of foods as foods. And um, he's very aware, you know, that we do it also for environmental reasons. And um, just we like vegetables. We love playing with vegetables. We love experimenting with different recipes. He brought up, obviously, with mom who had a cafe and... um, running a sauce business so I don't know if that's the same for all children but food is a very central piece of discussion in our family especially plant-based and we watch movies about it like David Attenborough is you know speaking about environment incredibly well and he is a big advocate of um, plant-based diet and its impact on environment I also bought a book for my son it's like about environmental heroes, different people. And David Edinburgh is one, wow. one of them. So he's very much aware why uh, we are doing it. And it's incredibly delicious. So there's, yeah. it's not like he's eating raw broccoli, you know? No, exactly. Exactly. That's such a good education for your son to have. I think that's the right way to do it. You know, he's having the best of a plant-based diet whilst also being taught why. So that's really, really great. And how does he find it with like friends at school and stuff like that? Like, does he um, ever, is he, do you think he's curious about me and fish or do you think he understands the reasons and doesn't? Or do you think he'll ever like go back to eating like more flexitarian? I think if all his friends are going to go for fish and chips, he will join them because he understands that social aspect. I think as long as we do 90 or 80 percent or even if you can do if you're like a huge meat eater, you know, and you eat once a week plant based, that's already a win. And it's not about like a lot of my friends and I have my best friend is the super vegan one who will like never. But as long as you do it with joy other people will follow you so I had a lot of my friends and her friends say oh my god I'm eating now plant-based three days a week or something like that and that's great it's not about never eating meat it's about eating more veg exactly yeah so so true so true I I completely agree with that and that's kind of why I wanted to do greedy vegan it's kind of like people think it's difficult um which don't get me wrong like some if you're not into food it is difficult because it's just not convenient but it's trying to make it convenient by getting these delicious products to your door and I think with what you're doing it's so good because some people think that vegetables aren't tasty but if you had a bottle of your sauce if no joe is in the room and you put that on your vegetables it will completely elevate the dish and make it super tasty exactly that's what we want people to do so just drizzle the tahini you know even like dip raw carrots in it or even in the miso you can use it as a dip marinate your tofu if you don't like tofu just put a block overnight in the fridge fry the next day any meat eater I offer this to because at home we never like I have guests and they will always be like 
what is this? I'm like, tofu. And they're like, what? Like, yeah. For them, tofu is the taboo word or whatever that yeah. is. Yeah. So, so true. So true. Oh my God, you're making me really want to have some of this sauce now. Um, so could you um, share with us your one of your favorite ways to use one of your sauces just to kind of really tempt listeners into getting their hands on some nojo? I think it's such a hard question for me because I eat them for three years on repeat. So <laughs> there is no favorite way anymore. Sometimes I, I cannot look at them anymore and sometimes I, I cannot stop. So I'll have my seasonal um, cravings. I think poke bowls right now, summer is a very big for me. So orange poke is something I use a lot. So I will make a base either with quinoa or salad and then I will assemble it with pretty much anything I have in the fridge like tofu, tempeh, um, beans um, and then any vegetables, drizzle some sauce and I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, in the evenings I prefer warmer foods so either I bake veggies with tahini something I'm really into at the moment or white miso, like you said, aubergine white miso is my more like Friday with a glass of wine kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, steer fries in winter and autumn, lots of them. So any steer fry packs from any shop with teriyaki is absolutely great. Mm -hmm. Sesame on avocado toast in the morning with a bit of reddish. Oh my God. Wow. It's really good. See, it just shows how flexible they are. Like you can literally have it for three meals every single day and you're just having the best, best diet ever. <laughs> yeah, so, it, so it, it makes me feel great. So it makes me feel great, energized, you know, eating plant-based, I think gives me all the energy I need for being a mom, being a founder, exercising, having friends time. I, I really feel like it's the food that powers me through the day. Mm, I completely agree. Like I, I feel so energized. I get, I do feel like I have a superpower, but it's because of the diet, not because of anything else. I think food is more than just what you put in your body. It definitely affects every element of your life and your body. So yeah, I completely agree. So I always ask this question to finish off my podcast, which I'm sure you've heard before, but what is your last meal? So starter, main course and dessert. Please share what your last meal would be. I thought about it because I knew you're gonna you, you're gonna <laughs> ask me, but then I didn't know. But I think starter would be a tomato carpaccio with my user sauce. Mm. I'm really into tomatoes at the moment because they're just great at this time of the year. Then the main course, I love salads. It would be like a super packed salad, I don't know, with fruits, with nuts, with lots of veg. I mean, like lots, like different ones. I don't know. Um, maybe even like aubergine pieces left from the night before into the salad. And then desserts, chocolates with dates and espresso. Oh, yes. Definitely. That is one of my favorites. I do like um, this thing called a date truffle and um, I take the stone out, put some uh, nut butter in, dip it exactly. in dark chocolate. Dip it in the chocolate, freeze it. Yeah. The yes. Best. 
the best thing ever the best thing ever that sounds like such a delicious meal well thank you so so much for coming on the podcast I am a big fan of your products and I'm really wanting to get them onto greedy vegan because I just think that they will elevate anyone's meal they're so flexible you can literally use it on anything so and they're delicious and incredible flavors so you've done an amazing job creating this brand all on your own and well I mean obviously we have our health around us but it's mainly you so well dancing is incredible thank you the same to you I'm a big fan of your brand so I was really happy when you reached out oh no you're welcome well hopefully we'll have Nojo on Greedy Vegan very soon so if you haven't tried it please add it to a box because it is delicious but thanks so much thank you thank you Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed hearing Simona's story. I promise their products are far from disgusting and that is such a funny story that I could not cut out. Um, So keep your eyes peeled because we will be launching Nojo Sources on Greedy Vegan really, really soon. But thanks again and see you again next week. (laughs) 